Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 116 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. I am with my co-host, Mr. Kelvin Newman. Hello, everybody. And uh, today, Kelvin, uh, we are, are we not, discussing uh, some thoughts yes. from the Brighton SEO event? Yeah, now, a lot of you might remember I mentioned a little while ago a conference come event that um, I was organising. It took place on the 1st of April um, here in Brighton. And basically, it was a search marketing conference um, attended at, attended by and spoken, you know, some of the speakers there were some of the best people in the, the world of um, internet marketing in the UK. And what I know a lot of you um, wouldn't have been able to come along because you're in the States, you're in Canada, you're in Australia or just in other parts of the UK, so wouldn't have been able to make it down to the event. And I just wanted to talk about some of the key takeaways. We're actually going to, I think, in the next episode, take one of the talks in its entirety um, of, from Brighton SEO, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about kind of some of the key takeaways. I mean, you were there on the day, Andy. Did you, did you enjoy it? Was it a good day I for I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was highly impressed, I have to say. I was highly impressed with both the both both the organisation and your your hosting and presentation skills, Kelvin. That's uh, second to none. Yeah, I'm very much a, a, a cross between Annika Rice and um, Bruce Forsyth for anyone <laughs> in the UK who know, knows those two. No, he was um, great. He was just walking around all <laughs> confidently with the mic, you know, uh, being a really good host. Uh, well, it was good fun anyway, but no, it really was. And I mean, so the, the talks over the day covered a huge variety of topics, but there was one real sort of underlying theme that a lot of us took away from the day, which was the kind of concept of SEO growing up and having to take a bit more responsibility for its actions and being a little bit more mature. Mm. There were sort of two panel set panel debates at the beginning and the end of the day. They were um, juicy. Which were, were very juicy indeed, and you know, very um, strong opinions being shared by the people on the panel and the people on the audience. But the real trend seemed to be from the people who were discussing it and from the response I got from the people in the audience is that search marketers, we talk a lot about ourselves, we talk a lot about the difference between black hat and white hat and you know what's ethical and what's not ethical and you know various you know details of what search is about. But really at the end of the day, um, we search whether it's you know whatever your opinion is on the future of SEO um, the fact is the people who are practicing it need to get a little bit more mature in their approach to, to marketing and try and understand how what they do fits in and can complement other marketing efforts so like PR for example PR can be a lot more effective if you understand search um, so there's no reason for 
you know, people from PR agencies and people from SEO agencies to be fighting each other over, you know, various bits of work. What they ought to be doing is just trying to, you know, work together and, you know, deliver better work for their clients or better work for the, their employees if they're mm. working in-house. Um, and just, yeah, kind of understanding more general marketing. I mean, my, you know, opinion is that I think that search marketers probably should spend a little bit less time trying to work out what the, the next trick is um, to, you know, do better in Google or trying to work out necessarily how to code something a little bit better. Instead, what they should be doing is kind of understanding things like psychology, like, you know, economic, um, behavioral economics and, you know, understanding, you know, traditional marketing. Why does advertising work? How do you make something creative that people want to talk about? Because, you know, that's going to make the big difference there as well. I particularly found it's interesting that uh, um, Kelvin, nearly forgot your name then, Kelvin. Uh, how could I possibly do that? That uh, I, I was particularly interested in that debate. Is, is it is, is SEO dead or SEO doomed? doomed that yeah, was it. Was the yes. title, yeah. And uh, I think a, a lot of what you just mentioned and talked about came out in that uh, in that uh, very heated debate. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's it's amazing that um, the you know the passion that people have, and I think that's why, if anything, that there was um, you know proof that that SEO isn't doomed was the you know the sheer passion of the people involved in the debate the name might change the practices might change um, and I, I think actually as long as there's people searching for things online there's going to be a need to understand how the search engines work I don't think you know that's going to drastically shift or change but the fact that you can get you know a room full of 300 people turning up to an event everyone's got an opinion everyone's prepared to share that opinion and people are prepared to kind of confront people who they disagree with on that mm. i think is a really good sign of the health and vigor of you know digital marketing and actually it's what makes it enjoyable to be involved the fact is anyone can you know turn up to an event like that and share their opinion or they can set up a blog and you know say why well, they disagree with someone or produce a podcast and kind of you know challenge the status quo and i think that's really exciting and it's you know part of the reason i enjoy being part of this community mm. And the next, um, yeah, I kind of touched on this a bit there, talking about one of the takeaways, but that was that you need to kind of learn outside the discipline as well. Um, Now, a good example of that, one of the best received presentations of the day, and I'll add a a link into the show notes to this, was by um, Dr. Harry Brignall, um, talking about dark patterns. I really enjoyed that. yeah, Yeah, you know, far and away probably one of the most popular presentations of the day. I've spotted several since that time. Ah, yeah, and and, and dark patterns are um, the kind of, you know, you get black hat SEO where people are trying to do something a little bit deceivious, but no one ever talks about black hat design or black hat conversion rate optimization, as it were, where mm. people are deliberately trying to do things to trick you or, you know, make a mistake. So kind of the, an example that Harry used in the presentation um, was like, for example, a major UK um, online electronics retailer. If you add an iPad to your basket, um, they also add an iPad case and you have to opt mm. out of buying that case or a major airline who um, make it very difficult in the options to opt out of their built-in insurance. Um, and so it's a really interesting presentation and one that I recommend. But what was most, you know, so I've actually seen it, seen a version of the presentation before when I went to um, an event called UX Brighton, but it really illustrated to me the need of anyone, no matter what your discipline is, no matter what your area of expertise is in internet marketing, that you need to be looking outside your area of expertise to learn the most. Mm. Because, you know, the fact is I I love going to the the various search conferences. I love talking at them. I love attending them. But I don't really learn that much at them anymore. And, you know, that's kind of a good thing because if I was going along and learning a huge amount, I wouldn't be any good at my job. And I'm sure, you know, Mm. it's the same for other people. If they're an expert in web design and they go to a web design conference, they're going to know most of the things already. And if they didn't, 
they wouldn't be that good at their job. So it's really illustrated to me the need to sometimes kind of to look outside your area of expertise. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to understand more about the UX community, mm. um, understand more about the web design community and how they talk to each other, even sort of understanding things like, like I was saying, psychology and that, that those kind of areas that I think are really important to understand. But similarly, if you're a web designer listening to this, you know, understand how seo works and how social media mm. works and just kind of try and look outside your comfort zone really because that's where you'll learn the most and you know gaining that kind of multidisciplinary skill i think makes you a lot better at your job and the thing i really loved about that talk uh, that patterns talk is this whole idea of looking for patterns yes so what he has done he has identified i think it's about sort of five or six or seven or eight different yeah. patterns of yeah. like conning people to buy yeah. stuff yeah. that they don't really want and he's named them and when yeah. you can do that it just make it allows you to think in a different way yeah. it allows you to sort of think outside the box so i mean i do a, um, a show with a guy called nick butler and he's yeah. constantly going about memes these yeah. this idea of of patterns of thought or yeah. looking for patterns and things it's such a powerful thing find a pattern and give it a name it just helps you to understand stuff yeah yeah no very much so and you know I'll definitely drop a link into into that below, um, you know, in the show notes. But yeah, very good talk, very well recommended. Um, I think you can actually see the slides with the audio there as well, so well mm. worth half an hour of your time to do that. Um, another takeaway that I took from another very popular session on the day was um, by a chap called Malcolm Coles, and he was talking about using, uh, you know, inventive ways of targeting keywords that people were searching for at particular points in time. Mm. Um, and it was just the kind of the real excitement and creativity that that goes into a good internet marketing campaign is you know you know i, I you know i've t- done you know my my free ebook on um link building um you know clockwork pirate and i talk a bit about the pirate spirit in that you know mm. the kind of you know cheeky trying to suss things out and find you know you know that kind of inventiveness and it, you know it's really exciting to see that when someone does something amazing that you know the thought that goes into that and you know i, I find that really exciting and actually I think that's where, when I go to a conference or event, what I find most useful is those ones. It's probably not what you directly learn from what the person said, but it's the the inventiveness that triggers from that as a consequence. Mm. So it's kind of quite often, oh, I'll see that and then go, okay, I sort of get that idea and apply it in a slightly different way. And then something spirals off that. And it's that cascading effect that, you know, is really exciting. And it does seem to be that there's a huge amount of creativity going on in, in you know, various internet marketing companies and departments so yeah look at what other people are doing um because you 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 can fall into you know bad habits sometimes or actually you just do things in the way that you've always done things before and you know look at what other people are doing and you you don't need to copy them because we're all smart inventive creative people and that spark of seeing something different normally sets you off on a a very different path that's something completely original and unique Mm. so yeah well you know you know that's something that's exciting and definitely a pattern i saw in in a lot of what a lot of people were talking about as well another thing that really excited me about the the, the brighton seo day was just the sheer quality of presentations and how the the way that people are getting so much better at presenting mm. putting together presentations now you know me and andy talk quite a lot about um you know the, the you know the craft of putting together powerpoints and presentations and you know we did an episode fairly recently um about slideshare with chris lee where we were talking yeah. about um yeah yeah good you know good presentations and i I just find it really exciting that particularly in it's it's once one person raises their game and does a really well designed really well thought out presentation Mm. it's amazing that the impact that then has on the next event so you know we've done free brighton seos now and each time the quality of the 
you know, the presentations have always been amazing in terms of the overall experience, but in terms of the visuals in the PowerPoints, it's amazing, you know, how you kind of get this, you know, little bit of healthy one upship where it's like, oh, well, that one was good last time, so I want to do better than that one. And it is... Yeah, a little bit of healthy competition. Yeah, it's all, all really good there. And I mean, I think that there's a... Yeah, if, if you haven't already seen the various books um, that are written by Gar Reynolds, who's um, kind of associated with Presentation Zen is the name of his website where he talks about the design of um, presentations and, and, you know, the construction of, you know, good PowerPoints and good keynote presentations, definitely recommend checking that out because it's amazing. People, like PowerPoints sort of become a dirty word, as it were. You know, people think of it as a bad <laughs> thing. Death by PowerPoint. Yeah, exactly. You know, death by PowerPoint. It's a, it's a phrase that we're familiar with, but mm. PowerPoint's just the tool, right? If there's a mm. bad presentation that you have to sit through, that's not PowerPoint's fault. Mm. That's the fault of the person who put them together. And if your job is to kind of communicate to people using presentations and you have a bad presentation, it's not PowerPoint's fault. It's yours. You've not taken the time to understand how presentations can work. Mm. And you've not taken the time to think about how you can craft something that generally, genuinely will create a kind of an emotional impact on someone. And, you know, I mean, I'm by no means perfect. I've delivered plenty of bad presentations over the years. But, <laughs> what, on purpose, but, Kelvin? Well, no, not never on purpose, but <laughs> where it's gone wrong, it's not been the software's fault. It's not PowerPoint's mm. fault. It's mine for not taking the time to understand the audience and not taking the time to really think about how my argument's structured. Mm. Or even little things like I'm not rehearsing. It's amazing the difference. Um, so I think that you know, we're going to show, you know, in the next podcast episode, we're going to play um, Graham and Joe, who I work with, their presentation about the Advertising Standards Authority mm. and some of the changes in the UK law. Um, and they rehearse that. And, uh, you know, I know how much, you know, better they were on the day because they did the, did the rehearsal of it. And it, the same goes for, you know, most presentations. Run through it a couple of times because you'll suddenly realise, oh, I'm repeating myself there or actually I'm getting ahead of myself when I'm talking about this area, you know, and the order of your slides will change, the content of your slides will change. And, you know, it's in some ways the opposite of like a podcast where I think being as live as possible is good because it has the spontaneity. I think of a presentation because it's an actual performance. You're up there stood in front of people. Rehearsing uh, makes a huge amount of difference to the success or failure of a of a you know delivery of a talk. Just just as a side thought, by the way, apologies of overuse of the word mm while Kelvin was talking there. <laughs> it's a, just as a side thought, I didn't see anyone using... Um, oh, I've completely forgotten the name of that amazing thing that lets you zoom oh, in. Oh, Prezi, yeah. Prezi. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I've only ever seen one person use it, but I, I reckon it, it, does, it has potential still. Well, I love it, but every time I've seen someone try and use Prezi, it's gone wrong. Really? Um, it's just... Because it's an executable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the problem is that, um, you know... There's a, there's a so, someone had, there was one problem we had on the day with the presentations where someone's video wouldn't play, ah. and um, well, it was some, very well concealed. Yeah, was, I didn't yeah, yeah, okay, well, yeah, and he so his video wouldn't play, and then someone tweeted to him. He knows him, you know. First rule of presentation: never rely on children, animals, or you know YouTube videos. Or a yeah, YouTube videos. <laughs> I always do a. I use my screen flow and just to, yeah. I don't know how legal it is, but yeah. I take a local little copy of it yeah. that just runs locally on the yeah. machine, which is the way to do it, but. I think that's fundamentally the problem with Prezi. Check it mm. out if you've not seen it before. It's P-R-E-Z-I. Yeah. Uh, potentially a really amazing way of uh, presenting information. But I think better for that kind of embedding on your website than possibly, actually delivering a live possibly. presentation. Or just use a very, very short one to show a specific point where, where yeah. Prezi would excel. Yeah. Um, something like something where you have to zoom in massively to well, reveal I think, something would be good. Yeah, and I think Prezi works well if you're the kind of... Um, you know, different people think in different ways, don't they? And if mm. you're the kind of person when you're trying to explain an idea, um, 
draw a mind map. That's mm. how you explain things. Prosody is a great way of kind of communicating that. Whereas mm. I kind of more like to tell a story, if you know what I mean. So I like sequential things. So that's why I kind of quite like slide followed by slide followed by slide when I'm yes. doing a presentation. Yeah, but if you're important. the kind of person who draws a mind map, then Prezi's, you know a brilliant way of trying to communicate that to, mm. to people when you're stood up on a stage. But I've seen it go wrong a few times. Ooh, so, that's been embarrassing. I, well, and it, yeah, and it's, the problem is, like if a PowerPoint crashes, you carry on talking, the technician gets it back up to where it was mm. before and you continue where you were before. Prezi's that much more difficult to jump in to yes. particular places because yes. it's not sequential in the same way. So yeah. very difficult. But yeah, no, all in all, a very good day. And I mean, I'm hoping we're going to have more events of that like in the future and hopefully in um, the coming weeks we're going to try and include some of the elements of the talks um, in, in the podcast where appropriate and where it might fit quite well i'm looking forward to it so yeah yeah kind of hopefully that's some key takeaways there so yeah the, the industry is growing up um you'll learn more when you look outside your discipline um ingenuity is what really makes good campaigns and i you know just i'm really hugely impressed by the fact that people's presentation skills seem to be getting so much better. Well, Kelvin, that's been terrific. Thank you so much. That uh, concludes today's episode. We will be back again next week or the next time you hear us very shortly. And that's goodbye from me, Andy White. And goodbye from me, Kelvin Newman. All the best. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three. 256 or 150 if you're inside the UK it's 01273 256 150 and you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show also we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself well that's it for now Andy White signing off until next week on internet marketing <laughs>